Hello, everyone, and welcome to Behind the Walls. I'm your host, Lauren Springman, and on this podcast, you'll be informed, entertained, and educated on everything in the real estate industry. I would like to introduce our guest today. Her name is Nicolette Flores, and she is with KW Metropolitan. Thank you for um, joining us today, Nicolette. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I am too. So how did you do anything fun over the weekend? Actually, we stayed home and that is not our MO at all. So it was amazing (laughs) to kind of recuperate and not have plans at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that. That's what I'm doing this weekend. Last (laughs) weekend I went to Galveston, but um, it was really late back. We literally got up and was at the beach by like nine and got back home from the beach at like five-ish. So there's no plans and it was just, you know, super simple and easy to do. So I liked that. That's nice. We have gotten to the point where we have to put, I literally put no plans in our calendar so that we planned to not have plans. So that's yeah. actually a really good idea. <laughs> but do you have yeah. kids? Do you have kids? Not yet. No. Um, my husband and I have been married for almost three years. So, um, You're still but I'm now. like super planner and he likes to chill. So we're balancing it out. <laughs> there you go. That's, I'm, that's funny you say that. Cause I'm going to show you what I've been doing this morning is my planner. Oh, I love that. I don't have mine over here, but mine looks exactly like that. Yes. Oh, I love them. I'm and a paper here. planner. The paper planner is so much better than, I can't keep stuff straight on my phone. I just don't look at it. Me neither. And so mm-hmm. the only reason I have it on my phone is because I have to for work, but like my planner mm-hmm. for like my personal life, I don't have any of that stuff on there. Absolutely. I probably should. And we actually have like a big one. So I have my like planner where I actually put work stuff too. And we have one on our refrigerator <laughs> for like the family stuff, like dinners and out of yeah. stuff. So that Brendan actually looks at it. So. <laughs> this massive one in the kitchen. Yeah, it is massive. Mm-hmm. Are you guys from here? No, uh, he's from Austin and I'm from Oregon, actually. Oregon. How did you mm-hmm. end up in Texas? <laughs> Long story, but I, we moved here. My family moved here my junior year of high school. Okay. Brendan and I met senior year of high school. And then I went to A&M and he went to UT. And then we got married when we moved to Houston after that. So when you guys, when you were at A&M and he was at UT, were you guys still together? Yes. yes. Wow. We so you're high school distance. and college sweethearts. Yes. Yeah. It was like, it was hard, but we always say that it was definitely I'm glad that we did that because we each had our own friend groups and um, we had our own lives in college, which was really cool. Yeah. I always tell that like some of my uh, like younger cousins and stuff or, you know, Mm -hmm. friends that have younger kids, they're all in love and everything like that. I want to go to the same college. And I'm like, no, No. you don't. Look at Mike's eyes. Yeah. (laughs) So it's good though. You got to experience college college life because I had friends that Mm -hmm. um, when I was in college, that came to college with their boyfriends and you never saw them. It was just, yeah. Or if they went to a party and then they have no fun. Mm -hmm. That has that happened a lot. So yeah, it's really sad. It is sad. So how Mm -hmm. did you, so you went to college, what did you do before real estate? So let's see. I, my major was environmental geoscience. I love the planet from Pacific Northwest. I wanted to um, do something in that field. Unfortunately, the jobs in that field as far as the ones that I was offered aren't very like 
people focused or people oriented. And unless you go to grad school and um, to do more research or do something better, the pay is not very good either. Um, So my first, and I paid for school myself. So I had some loans and everything. And um, so immediately after college, I was like, I can't really be picky. I just need a job (laughs) that's going to pay some bills. And I need it to be in Houston because at that point, Brendan and I had been dating for six or seven years. And I was like, we'll probably be getting married. I want to be in the same city finally. So I needed to move to Houston. He's in oil and gas and kind of limits where you're going to live. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so I did an outside sales job for a logistics company for a year after college. And it was really good um, training experience. I learned, I mean, people oriented, absolutely. You kind of are cold calling and, um, the clientele were completely different than the people that I work with now, obviously, because as a realtor, you can pick who you work with and it's yeah. referrals. And a lot of my clients are my age or my friends or their friends. So, um, it was logistics. So we did like we moved pipe for oil and gas and like, okay. <laughs> it was like the, the shipping guy in the warehouse said whatever. So yeah, that was totally different, but it was really good learning experience. Um, and I think I did pretty well. Um, I just didn't make commission there. And to some that's like nice because you are making a salary and it's like more steady, but if you are selling more, you'd think that you would make more. And I like, yeah, like that, to like, get like some kind of commission off of it. That's weird. I don't think I've ever mm-hmm. ha- heard of a sales position where you don't get commission off of what you're selling. It was, I think because, um, because it was was my first year, maybe maybe. it was a smaller company. And, um, I think if I had been there longer, I could have negotiated in bonuses or something. Um, but towards the end of that first year, I started taking my licensing classes to get my real estate license. So I wasn't there for long enough to really like, yeah, you know, I was bringing in new clients and everything, but it Mm -hmm. wasn't long enough to like be negotiating my bonuses. Um, so yes, that summer, so graduated in 2015, that next summer I started getting my real estate license. I actually called my mom growing up. She was a realtor. And, um, so I kind of knew what it looked like, although it was totally different in the nineties. Like she had a paper MLS binder and all that stuff. And it was so different. (laughs) She was like running around to people's houses to get wet signatures (laughs) instead of just sending them a DocuSign. So, um, but I got to go to open houses with her and help her stage. And that was really fun. So I called her and I was like, mom, what do you think about getting my license? And it was one of those moments where you're, she's just like, oh, why didn't we think of that sooner? Like that's such a no brainer. And you know, the scary thing is it's commission. So you're not making regular Mm-hmm. income as everyone knows. Um, but if you work hard and you like are good with people and you're good at networking and I was from AM, which is like an hour and a half away. Yes. A lot of Aggies live in Houston. There's like just so you're many different me. networks. Yeah. <laughs> Holy and cow. So um so yeah, she was like, do it. And so I did. <laughs> so how long have you been doing um real estate? It's been now five years. It'll be my license, I think is exactly five years this month. Wow. Mm-hmm. So when you started, how was it? How did you get, because you earlier, you, you said, um, you'd have like a lot of referrals as well. Did you do like the road warrior where you go down and you knock on people's doors like your mom did, or do you call, like, how did you get your clientele? And then now your business to be, be a referral business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, I talk to new agents quite a bit. Our office, the good thing about having such a big office, we're the one in the, in the metropolitan or in the Galleria. Um, there's like 600 agents there. So we have new people coming in every month. 
And a lot of them are holding open houses for me or help me, sh help me showing stuff because I can't be five places at once. And, um, and those agents are always like, what do you do? How did you do it? And everyone's path is completely different, of course. But um, the main way that I started was holding open houses like every weekend, getting those leads. Um, as listeners know, you hold an open house, you get the buyer lead, the listing agent, you know, you can work with them on it. So a lot of people in my office helped guide me um, through my first few deals through that. And then we just have a lot of different friend groups um, in Houston, like the Aggie Network, the UT Network from my husband, our church, you know, our like my yoga studio, like all of these different things. And so, you know, you, you work with one person from each group and then they refer you to one more person and it just kind of builds organically from that. So it's a lot of work. It's scary at the beginning, but um, I always tell people like after you've done two sales, you do your confidence goes up. And I think people can tell when you know what you're doing and that helps a lot. So. Yeah, <laughs> helps a lot. Yeah, I would think so. I would think that would make the client feel very secure. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's not that difficult and you can always ask someone in your office, but if you just know an answer that quickly, then I do think people appreciate that, so. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree with you on that. Um, so I take it your husband was supportive for you to switch routes? Yeah, that's the other cool thing. So we obviously weren't married back then. Um, we weren't even engaged. And so I lived on my own. I like supported myself, obviously. Um, luckily, was still on my parents' insurance because, you know, you don't get like insurance or anything on a 1099. Miss those days. So, I know. <laughs> um, and so I, he was like, yeah, I believe in you. I think you could do this. But I, I feel like he was incredibly supportive and definitely like helped me like process things out loud. I'm a big talker and he's a great listener. Um, but I did do it by myself. Like I supported myself for that first uh, couple of years. It's not like I like people ask me now, mom or mom or wife friends ask me now, like, I'm thinking about getting my license because I have a couple of kids and you can make your own hours. And I'm like, that is awesome. Cause I mean, your husband can have the steady income and then you can not make money for six months, you know? Yes. Um, but when I started, I had to make money. So I think that did help me because the fire was lit that if you don't make money, you need to get another job. Right. So I gave you gotta... six months. Yeah get her I can't say it in, on here I was gonna say you're gonna poop or get off the pot kind of thing <laughs> yeah I don't know yeah. if I should say that either but my bad well I don't think children are listening to this podcast anyway so no. it's okay <laughs> <laughs> so then you started that well I think that's pretty cool because sometimes like I have some friends that were like yeah I'm gonna be an uh, I'm gonna get my real estate license and um mm -hmm. because I'm a stay-at-home mom and things like that and then they get it and then they're like wait a minute I didn't realize it this was all hard. this work and so mm -hmm it's a lot more work than they were expecting, especially with like little kids and, you know, being able to do that type of stuff. So totally. I get asked probably once a week, like people message me on Instagram. This looks so glamorous. I love houses. I think I'd be good at this. People watch all the shows and, um, and it's not quite like that. I mean, there are moments, you know, right. um, and I love not having a boss and wearing whatever I want and yeah. taking cute videos of houses, but it's a lot of work. And so I feel really fortunate that I've started when I was whatever age, 24 or something. Um, because now when we have kids in the future, I will have built my business up enough to have more flexibility and hopefully hire a team or an assistant or something to help. Are so. you on a team now or are you solo? I'm solo right now. Mm -hmm. okay. so. Yeah. 
I mean, the reason I got into it was to not have a boss. So (laughs) I like being in control. That's for sure. Well, then you can be your own boss. You can start your own. Yes. Yes. I think first step would be assistant and then buyer's agents. And, um, you know, I have a transaction coordinator who helps me on deals, but. So that's your, that's your goal moving forward is to eventually have that. Probably. I mean, I think it will have to be once I have kids just so that Mm -hmm. I have a life. (laughs) Um, I don't have boundaries right now, which is good and bad because my life is real estate, but that's cool because then you can be hanging out with friends and be doing your job all the time, which is kind of nice. Like last night I went and picked my husband up from a dinner and stayed for an extra hour and a half to talk to people about buying their first home. Like I was wearing my pajamas, you know, (laughs) it was like, that's my type of job. (laughs) That's how it goes like all the time. So it's pretty cool. Um, but I think down the road, I'm going to need more structure and boundaries for sure. So what's your Mm -hmm. favorite thing about being an agent besides not besides, you know, being your own boss and making your own schedule, that type of thing. What else is it? I think it's nice that like all of my clients are so different. You're not doing the same thing every day. I'm sure this has been said before, but it's like, you deal with clients. I mean, sometimes it's for a few months or maybe six months if they are not needing to move that quickly, but then they close and yeah, I follow up with them and stuff, but you are like really intimate with this couple or this family for a while. And then you get another one and then you get to learn about their life and their family and um, meet, I meet people's parents. I know about engagements before they're going to happen. I know when people are pregnant before the 12 week mark because they're looking for that nursery. I mean, it's really special, like how much people open up to you when they're like, it's a vulnerable thing to be spending this biggest thing, biggest expense people make. And so I think that's really special. It's definitely uh, a blessing to hear like those intimate moments about people. And, and it's a great way to get to know people quickly. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I never thought of it like that. You would know, like when you just said the pregnancy thing Mm -hmm. that you would know before other people, but it makes sense because they have to tell you like what, you know, what they're needing in a house or how many bedrooms or their plans. Like even if they're not pregnant yet, you know, you stay in houses for average of seven years. So they're like, yeah, within the next you know, I work with a newlywed couple and they're like, probably we'll have kids. It's just so cute because they look at each other and they're like gauging each other's timeline. And I'm like right there. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> it's like, really sweet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that cool. is, that's, that is pretty cool. I would like that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So what is the craziest thing you've seen in a house? Oh, well, like in a good way or a bad way? <laughs> I prefer the bad way, but, um, <laughs> I mean, the worst thing ever is this is why you do walkthroughs. Like you're on the day of closing, you're walking through a house and something's wrong, right? Like that's the worst thing probably. Um, and you then are questioning the sellers. Like, did they know that this, because right now I work a lot with buyers. I have, I think four listings, but my bread and butter to build that business has been buyers so far because people my age are buying their first homes and all that stuff. So, um, I think it'll transition, but anyways, so we walk in and the ceiling, like right by the front door has fallen in and the water heater was up there and the little drip pan. This is why people inspectors always put that darn float switch on every single report because the drip pan had filled up, the water had not turned off and it had overflowed and the house was vacant. And so no one noticed and the drywall got soggy and the ceiling completely fell in and we were supposed to close the next hour. So we were like, what do we do? Very stressful. And the, you know, obviously when you close, you take on, if, if your dishwasher goes out the minute after closing, it's your responsibility now. 
So um, when you close, you have to accept the property as it is is. at that moment. Um, And so we were like, do we delay closing? But then the sellers needed the funds to buy their new house. And it was like this, you know, it's a timing thing too. Um, They had asked off, the, the buyers had asked off work. They had three kids. Like, how do you you know, delay a week. And so they, we ended up just making an amendment for, we called a plumber and like got an estimate for how much that would cost. And then made the amendment and got that back at closing luckily uh-huh. um, that we agreed on a number. But um, in that case, like we were questioning the ethics of everything too. So it was like right. added layer of stress, but I think that's probably one of the craziest, like high stress things that's happened. So now I'm like, we need to make sure we walk through, even if it's inconvenient. Yesterday I had a closing and the keys weren't in the box when you have your, when, and so we had to wait, we delayed closing, waited to get the keys to walk through. And I was like, I know this seems silly because I'm sure it's fine. We peeked in the windows, you know, the fridge washer dryer that we had negotiated were there. So that's the other oh, that's thing we good. checked for. Um, but you just need to make sure it's just, you never know. Yeah. Better never to be safe know. Than sorry. Mm-hmm never know with people these days yeah <laughs> and some of it like I give people the benefit of the doubt you know I trust people generally are good people and not trying to be devious but stuff happens it's the house yes so. it is the house so when the sellers so did the sellers want to pay for the water damage and everything or were they like no um when we I mean we were fine to wait ultimately to get that repaired but the couple of contractors we were able to get on the phone were backed up I mean it would have taken a couple more weeks and then they would have made the sellers delay their purchase and they didn't want to do that so I can't remember the the price point but we were like basically we're going to delay to get this repaired unless we can agree to this price and so they did wow yeah yeah talk about an hour before that's a good idea though though I never thought about going into the house before like I've never done that and I that's a pretty good idea just to like double check instead of you know walking in and then like your ceilings caved in and then I would probably be going to jail or something because I'd be finding (laughs) out where those sellers were not telling me what's going on I know I know and yeah I mean it does when you find a lot of issues it does make you question the integrity especially when you thought everything was fine and so it freaks buyers out especially first-time home buyers they're like well, if this is wrong, what else is wrong? You know, so I always tell my sellers, like, make sure that things are in order, you know, get that all fixed before we list because you don't want someone questioning the integrity of the home in the middle of this process. So No, and uh, no, no, not at all. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you have any advice or tips for um, new agents, seasons agents, clients? Hmm. Uh, let's see. I think new agents let's let's see let's do that one first um (laughs) for new agents I think you know ever the cool thing about this industry is there are so many different types of clients and there are so many because of that it's awesome that there are so many different types of agents right so there's some that just work specific neighborhoods there's some who do like rural farmland there's some who um only have listings or only you know work on teams so there's clients that match well with that. So I think for new agents to kind of figure out what that is for you. I mean, as a new agent, I didn't really say no to anything, but you learn pretty quickly, like what you're good at. Um, and you can, I feel like one of the, one of the bold laws for KW is like what you focus on expands. And so if you know what your intentions are and know like what you're really good at, Mm -hmm. um, 
then you can tell people, this is who I am. This is what I love. And then when they refer you, that's the reputation that they will be giving to their colleagues and friends. So um, I think trying to figure out your special little thing is mm-hmm. important at, from the get-go. Um, even if it's not, even if you have had no deals, if you know that you want to work with first-time home buyers and you're going to be, that's going to be your bread and butter to start out and you are going to help them hold, hold their hand through the process because it is different working with first-time home buyers versus someone who's lived in five different homes. Um, And so that was kind of my thing to start out. I was like, first-time home buyers, I know a lot of people buying their first home in the next few years. That's going to be kind of my specialty right now. So that would be a good, like, first agent advice thing um, for people. What was the other one? Agents? Or Or like any, yeah. You don't have to do all of them if you don't want to. (laughs) I'm not going to sit here and grill you. (laughs) I have lots of advice. So, I mean, I always tell agents, to call me or something if they have a little question yesterday a new agent from our office called and was like what's a cda i don't know how to get that it's like what you send the title company to get paid and so i was like yeah i remember asking that question when i was having my first closing like as long as you're compliant they'll be in your files and ask accounting if it's not so um just like have sources you can ask there's no stupid question um if you I Google a lot of things too. Like there's the mud document um, for, yeah. And so I always, I know how to do it. I always forget how to find the exact numbers to put in. And so there's like YouTube videos for that kind yeah. of thing. So mud, the mud districts, yeah. they kill me out here. Like I live out in culture and it's like our taxes just. Oh you know, yeah. Like three, mm-hmm. They're like 3.8 or something like that because of mud. Oh my gosh. Really? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I'm doing a couple in Pearland right now. And I'm like, oh yeah, these are muds over here. So, cause I'm in Maryland, we don't have a mud. So. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> don't get me sorry. I didn't, and I didn't even know what a mud was when I first moved down here. Cause I'm from Pennsylvania. So it's like, what's, oh my gosh. Like we're paying literally, like this sounds, this sounds too really stupid, but like we're literally paying for mud. And I know <laughs> like, dear Lord, no, that's not. <laughs> it's, it's so confusing. But... It is very confusing. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like that was amazing advice. I think you did great. Good. Thank you. <laughs> um, once again, Nicola, thank you for being on the show today. And I hope everyone has a great day. And remember, if you're looking for a reliable inspection company, please check out our website at inspectorteam.com for Brian and Brian inspections. See you guys next time. <laughs>